see, to be honest, con self employed has not helped us, yeah, like at all. I mean, COVID didn't help it. Yeah, <laughs> we got to 100 episodes pretty, you know, weekly, ah, yeah. and then it's just kind of. Aye, it's like Matt's career, my career, other things I've just took the front seat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Aye, but definitely sense. this has been the most consistent the last sort we'll of month. back in the swing of it, aye, and got some ideas for other stuff. But aye, it's always like, you got in touch and um, just like, aye, this is like pretty much perfect for what we do. So it's nice to have you in. Um, we're talking to Neil Cowan for Jags for Good. Sorry, I think I meant Thistle for Good there. How's it going, man? Very good, yeah. Good, how are you? I know, bad mate. It's nice to nice to meet you. Um, I think this must be the first sibling. That oh no, I don't. Yeah, I, had your sister Anna. In. Yeah, I think she's she set the bar. She done her shadow. <laughs> we'll talk about the half mic one before we come on. Like she was so impressive, even yeah. at such a young age, and some of the campaigning and stuff that she's done. Yeah, I mean she's 10, 11 years younger than me, but um, yeah, definitely in her shadow in lots of ways. Yeah, she's touched on the you know the abortion sort of you know, you know buffer zones and stuff like that, and yeah. it seems to come to real prominence in the last few weeks with other events but I best of luck to her on that one for sure um, so let's shift it to yourselves <laughs> um, Jags for good What what's, what's the what's the basic gist that people need to know yeah so we're a um, I guess an independent fan led um, initiative sort of aimed at sort of mobilising Park Thistle fans um, in the name of social justice issues in, in Maryhill and also kind of across Glasgow so kind of set up with the I guess the idea um, so there's a group of kind of like-minded Jags fans involved, but the idea that, you know, we have like two, two and a half, maybe if I've been optimistic, 3,000 Thistle fans there that have these this sort of shared identity of, of being a Thistle fan, yep. um, maybe shared values as well. And it was an opportunity, particularly given the kind of, I guess the cost of living crisis, growing levels of hardship, poverty yeah. in Mary Hill and across Glasgow and across the rest of the country, it was an opportunity to kind of tap into and harness that shared sense of being a Thistle fan, of shared identity, to, to do some good stuff. So, yep. um we launched about a month ago and we launched our season ticket fundraiser. So we're asking Thistle fans and whoever else to uh, chip in cash to buy season tickets for local charities to work with folk who might kind of otherwise be prevented from going to Fort Hill yep. and the football. Um, so we've raised like seven grand so far from fans. The club have pledged to match every penny that we raised. That's about 14 grand's worth of season tickets wow. to sort of share the, the misery of being a Jags fan with people. <laughs> um, and we also at uh, a couple of home games ago did a food bank donation drive um for glasgow northwest food bank yep. um got like half a ton of food um over a grand in cash again to support glasgow northwest food banks work so that's kind of what we've done so far but the aim really is just to um yeah mobilize jags fans um in the name of social justice issues locally in mary hill and, and across glasgow as well love it like <clears throat> we've always had the guys for sort of glasgow st paulian as well mm. um like this is definitely something that you know i love seeing because Obviously, no secret we're both Celtic fans. You know, charity is a big part of the history of the club that we like have a you know huge sense of pride yeah, yeah. in and stuff like that. Um, and I love also the when the clubs and their communities take that sort of stance to actually like make their communities better. And mm. like this just ticks all the boxes. So yeah. like fair play on that res respect. When I was looking through, I seen the, the season ticket tweet the day, mm. which will obviously get a wee retweet out and try and, you know, sort of spread the word there. Yeah, yeah. But um, looks as though he's had like a pretty decent start because you're saying you like you were a month in, 
Did I see somewhere like what, at the end of the first week or so you'd raised like what was it like five or six grand or something? Yeah, like that? yeah. So we had um like immediately folks seemed to kind of latch onto it. Um I guess it's maybe because there's so much awareness of kind of cost living crisis at the minute mm-hmm. and sort of growing numbers of people that are really kind of struggling to get by. Um so yeah, folk really latched into it. latched onto it. We had really good support early doors from like, the club sponsors, Just Employment Law. They gave us a grand like in the first day. Wow. Um the team themselves, the, the men's team gave us uh, best part of a grand the women's team gave us a really substantial donation as well so folk really seemed to buy into it really early on um which is brilliant um because we, were, we weren't sure quite how it would how it would land yeah we just think we were kind of a bunch of do-gooders like um just being daft with like daft graphics online and stuff mm-hmm. um but now nah, it's been like brilliant so far and club have been supportive the players have been supportive um and the fans have really kind of got behind it so it's been yeah Seems it's been like class. actual clubs mobilized behind it at pretty much every level there uh-huh. yeah mm-hmm. and I, I guess we're, we're keen to make to to I suppose make sure people know that it's end of, it's just you know it's the fans it's the fans that are driving this we're all mm-hmm. fans totally independent from the club but in saying that the club have been uh, supportive and as I say they've pledged to match every penny we raise for season tickets so we'll get to double the number of season tickets that we can actually buy mm-hmm. for folk who might not otherwise get to come on to the football so um, I the club have been really good with it. Mm-hmm. So. You said fourteen grand. How many season tickets is that going to buy? Not, I'm not actually sure. It depends on how. Uh, the club haven't confirmed the prices for next year yet, so right. probably about 50, 60, something like that. Um, but we'll maybe try and cut a deal with the club as well, so we can maybe get a few more, hopefully. Um, but we're, we're so 15, 14 grand at the minute, but planning to kind of keep on going through through the summer to get as much as possible. The club have pledged to match every penny we raise, but we haven't set an upper limit on it, so I don't know if they realise that. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. So we're just going to keep it going. Uh, we've um, not got a time watch. We're not going to stop watching this or, yeah. or an upper limit. So, so we, might, we might rob the club of buying a decent striker next year. Um, but, uh, <laughs> that but might no, get popular. I know, I know. Um, but no, it's been, it's been great so far. The support's been really, really good. And also fans of other clubs. I've had fans from um, different clubs getting in touch saying that they want to do similar things and there's already mm-hmm. similar um groups kind of across the uk particularly yep. England, are doing similar stuff so um yeah we're not it's not like a new concept but um, i think um one of the other clubs that, in, in scotland particularly that i think has been really great for like their community engagement motherwell i think Aye. they did something similar with the season book yeah yeah sort of buy back recently i don't know if they're doing it again this year but i know it did happen at some point yeah i think motherwell as a whole for a good few years have been brilliant and yep. doing stuff like this um that's from the club as well but i think the fans have really got behind it so now nah, they're like a total model of yeah i think what clubs should try and do excellent i mean mm-hmm. it is essentially using the club as a gateway you know what i mean those people that as you say, maybe aren't in a position to get to the games like, you know, I've been in the games for 10, 15, 20 years, don't go anywhere, I'm more prone to like the juniors now, um, but like, I know what it is to look forward to that, to go and see your yeah. team, to actually like, feel in the atmosphere, you know, your team gets a result, but like, people almost look down their nose at that experience to a certain extent, but like, the difference that can actually make when other things are rough is like significant in people's lives, and I think when you're going to maybe use, you know, the clubs that get me, like guys like Motherwell to suicide prevention, you know, food banks and all these other things, like, it can only be a good thing. Definitely, like, the thing about, I mean, football's just such an important part of, certainly of my life and so many people's lives, like, it's, for me, I think for a lot of people, it's the kind of, going to football on a Saturday is like the kind of anchor of your week, so you know that, like, whatever, whatever's happening, stresses, whatever, on Saturday you're going... I was going to say you can forget about your stresses, but when you're a Thistle fan, you kind of just, you know, give us <laughs> more stress. When you as a Celtic fan, you couldn't forget your stresses either. Yeah, mm-hmm. but um, no, it's a, it's a massively important thing and it becomes a massive part of your identity as well as a person. Yeah. Um, but it is really expensive to go to the football. Like even, you know, Thistle it's 20 quid, you know, uh, for home games or season tickets, are obviously yeah. more expensive. So there is a massive financial barrier for folk um, who are maybe on low incomes or who are struggling to get by or whatever. Absolutely. So um, 
yeah, it's it's hugely important. So one of one of the charities, uh, the sort of principal charity we've been trying to raise money for to buy season tickets is a charity called Maryhill Integration Network, okay. and they do loads of work um, with particularly refugees, asylum seekers, and, and migrants in sort of Maryhill and the surrounding area. Excellent. Um, and in their men's group, um, loads of the guys there are um, are refugees, love football, um, but are often quite social isolated, and also um, they're often in asylum support, which is like absolutely minimal so wouldn't otherwise yeah. be able to get to the football so um yeah we'll hope we'll, we'll be able to now buy them a bunch of season tickets so they actually come on to the football on a saturday and that can i guess be part of, part of their part week of what integrates them in the community and on the exactly. homes and stuff like that as well yeah. like that's awesome mm-hmm. yeah. how much a uh, part of thistle's histories like obviously matt was mentioning earlier like i think as celtic supporters we're very proud of the sort of historical charitable contributions that the yeah. club has has made and obviously there's a Celtic FC Foundation and even like the Ultras groups do like food yeah, bank yeah. drives and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. But is this a historical thing with Partick Thistle? Has it always been like a sort of charitable club and, and in the community as well? Um, well, I suppose just, just morally Thistle is superior to everyone else anyway. So <laughs> uh, I'd say yes. But um, I mean, Thistle have like a, a charitable trust um, that do brilliant work in, <clears throat> in Maryhill and um, in northwest of Glasgow. So that's that's a part of the club. I mean, I guess a large part of sporting Thistle is about um as well being a bit different and sort of differentiating um, yourself from rangers and celtic and all that kind of thing as well so part it's not peter's peter's hill yes yeah, so they've taken over peter's hill i yeah. was up there recently watching st rocks actually and it's yeah. a, like lovely complex so was, couldn't they work out why i was sitting looking at a young lad in like full kit thistle gear at like a juniors game that yeah. had nothing to do with thistle and then somebody's like no i'm pretty sure I think they've at least part own this with like I Glasgow think, Club or whatever. Yeah, I think Charitable Trust have taken over like yeah community ownership of it. Um, but I suppose it's maybe not a part of our history in the way that Celtic, mm. you know, the way Celtic were established and all that. But um, certainly the club, the club themselves do, or the Charitable Trust do brilliant work now. And um, as I say, we just you know we're morally superior to some fans anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I know we joked about it. The, the thing when you, you did touch on it, like the the sort of zany or sort of fun graphics and stuff that you have been using. Like they've been pretty cool on it. And I did uh, I did have to like stop myself refund, uh, responding to what defunds was it defund Celtic and Rangers? Yeah, we tried like, not defund the, the police. <laughs> we tried not to use the phrase old fun because you know that can be that a bit would, controversial. Aye, but. Um, yeah, that's when I knew you were probably joking because yeah. if they've thrown old firm in there, they were definitely looking for yeah. a reaction. Yeah, no, we've basically been putting out lots of kind of nonsense graphics on uh, Twitter and Facebook. Kind of, you, most of them like well-known political slogans, but putting a wee jags twist on them. Yeah. So like, yeah, liberty, egality, solidarity, John Lambie, which people seem to enjoy. Or like, seen that one as well. Yeah, there's power in a thistle, stuff like that. Um, just to kind of get a bit of attention on what we're trying to do and to drive people towards the. The fundraising page um like yeah we had one of like ian mccall as che guevara um, <laughs> or ian, ian mccall as like don corleone as well so just nonsense like that um just but just to try and get a bit of attention to i think to the fundraiser cool. and um so some t-shirts um with those kind of slogans on them and stuff which jags fans seem to be into so um i but yeah the defund the, old, the defund rangers and celtic um <laughs> i was i was kind of wanting a backlash for that but it was just like a, yeah nobody really gives a backlash people just found it quite funny so Aye. that was a shame <laughs> well, I mean, uh, hopefully that can only like help with the fundraising. Is that there's no ill will towards this for either side of the the, the ugly yeah. sisters, as they're called outside. You know well, what I mean? Like that. Yeah. So, how much like you personally do you feel that football kind of needs to return to like the community? Because when we had the Glasgow St. Pauli guys, and I think that both me and Matt were kind of like, I don't know, that was like the start of kind of feeling at the time kind of disillusioned with like mm, with, mm. With Celtic you know like it's a business isn't it, it yeah. um, and football teams started 
to help communities and, and to be part, you know, give people a place to go. And um, I think for me, the majority of top flight footballs kind of lost that. Yeah, I mean, I suppose it depends the level of football you're watching. So like for me, supporting a club the size of Rangers Celtic, I would just be bored. Well, I would be really bored. Um, similarly, like the English Premiership, I used to watch match of the day every week when I was wee. Like, I, I couldn't tell you yeah. what's happening in the Premiership. I just don't care. Um, I just don't care. Yeah. Like, so much money, so much, so much of it. You know, so many uh, club owners that are, you know, human rights abusers and all that. It's just, mm -hmm. it's kind of soiled for me. Um, whereas I think, you know, clubs at Thistle's level and below, there is more of a grounded in community, I think. Um, or there's more of a sense of, I don't know, place or community or something. Definitely. Um, so I think it is, it is different. But I think it's absolutely critical. I mean, clubs are located in communities in which people's lives are often not very good. So, you know, Thistle are located in Maryhill, um, where, you know, there's like one in, I think, three children living in poverty. You know, I think as a club and as a set of fans, you have to kind of respond to that, um, which is partly what this is about. But, um, but yeah, I think to your question, I suppose it depends on the level of football you're watching. Mm -hmm. um, to me, that kind of sense of clubs being rooted in community is still apparent in um, a lot of clubs in Scotland, particularly Championship and below, and then down to juniors as well. Um, yeah, that's probably something that is a, a uniquely like Glasgow problem in the sense that it's maybe only Celtic and Rangers that have to like deal with that thought process because like I've dipped in and out of Celtic over the years or let's say 15 years there was I went for five stopped for two went back for, and a lot of the times when I stopped it was that disillusionment like just mm. before Ronnie Dyler came in I was just like you're just like here's your money shut up and yeah. put up there and then you know they went through things like the Celtic way and Rogers and the, there was many a thing and yeah. I went back and then again see by the end of it I'd waited 15 years for treble I've seen three in a row and I was bored. Yeah, so this, I, this I, is I, I was just like, this isn't it for me anymore. I got to the Scottish Cup final to see the ninth of the nine trophies getting lifted yeah. and was wanting to give my ticket away. I, I mean, was it, done. This you know is what I, mean? I always like, think about. I go to St. Rocks yeah. and like that blood and thunder football with links to local refuge. It, it, yeah. it is all there. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, and in terms of the football though, like what you're saying, like I always think this about, um, it has been a Rangers Celtic fan, it must just be boring because if he's draw, it's a crisis. Like if you lose, it's like an existential crisis. If you lose the league, it's like Armageddon. Like that must just be to me really boring. Um, like, I mean, I don't enjoy Thistle losing, but you know, the years of misery that we often have mean that the the one you know solitary once in a decade yeah. of success we have is just completely joyful and amazing, and like mm -hmm. some of the best memories you'll ever have. So, um, I would find when you're a Celtic fan incredibly dull. Um, I think it was maybe a later thing for me. Just uh, just because I'd seen in basically done it all at that point yeah. you know multiple times there and i think one of the things when we talk about like cost of living in relation to football and why it's kind of so important that we are engaging with clubs to try and make take mm. tickets available to people who maybe otherwise wouldn't be is that it's not just about the price of your ticket so see when you're an ear team it's the jersey it's mm. the away it's scarfs it's travel to games travel back for games like pies at half time if you're fortunate enough to be able to go and stop somewhere for a couple of jars and catch up with mates on the way yeah yeah it's your first goal scorer bet and these are no all big things but like over the course of the year it takes the price that you're paying to get into the match and maybe trebles or quadruples it for really like basic things that you would probably need anyway yeah you know it, I mean? it's an expensive thing like i i wouldn't dare tot up like how much i spend following thistle every year I, like i'd away. to think about it what i, I spent over the years in terms of like you know value for money we're probably not talk, talking about the best value but um you just well, I, I just pay it anyway because it's what it's what i do on a saturday mm -hmm. but um yeah it's an expensive thing and you know um, particularly at the moment the kind of 
economic hardship that a lot of people are experiencing um a lot of folk will just be and are just locked out of going to football mm-hmm. and that's for something that's you know our national sport and that's so important to a lot of people i think that's um that's a real pity so mm-hmm. um yeah that's what we're trying to change in a very small way so being for glasgow how did you know end up a celtic or rangers fan um just through my dad so my dad uh, wasn't actually a thistle fan he's from Ayrshire, but he moved to glasgow for uni and stuff he was a large thistle fan and um, that was his team when he was growing up and then um when myself and my older sister were born um i showed a big interest in football from a very early age mm-hmm. and uh this were a local team so it was as simple as that um, also didn't want to take me to major celtic just because of the stuff that goes along with that so yeah. Mm-hmm. um yeah went to my first game at three um kind of hooked instantly um and then from the age of like five we went just home and away every single week became obsessed with our players at the time like albert craig jerry britton roddy grant yeah. chick charnley obviously um just like obsessed with them um I'm and so then mad. you grew up with somebody who she ended up married to one of the thistle players for back in the day i can't remember now yeah it'll come to me like 10 minutes after you yeah, walk yeah. out the door so <laughs> well, it, it, it wasn't jerry britain but it was like in that neck of the woods and he was a striker yeah. but it's gone yeah well to me those guys were like when i was like five just like you know messy and ronaldo they were that kind of level to me so <laughs> um yeah just through that really mm-hmm. um and then like apart from like years of not been living in glasgow it's been like every every game pretty much coming away that's awesome. Aye, that's Fair enough. Aye, I was I was going to ask a similar question because I'm always quite interested in sort of like people you know like that pick the underdog. Yeah. And why they pick the underdog? I think other than I got into Celtic because of my dad, mm. and he was even reluctant to take me to Celtic Park. And my dad took me to one friendly and never won, never bought me a Celtic top. I did all that as an adult. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, but my my dad's last game as a Celtic fan was the eighty cup final, and then obviously we all know what happened there, and it was mm. just like nah. I'm done with it. Ah, it was yeah, a similar yeah. sort of thing for, I think, more financial for my dad, but he didn't want me to go because of, like you're saying, the implications of being a Celtic fan. Yeah. And what the dangers that could arise by walking about with a Celtic top. But um, who's, who's Fissel's, like, greatest rivals? Who would be the... I mean, we'd like to think it was Celtic Rangers, but obviously, you know, it's not... <laughs> Not a recent history, but <laughs> nah. I think, but you know, for to the, be ni- fair, I for the 90s back, like, yeah. you were first division pretty regularly. Sure. Yeah, yeah, it had been. I mean, like Airdrie and Clyde over the years have been rivals. Like Airdrie, Thistle and Airdrie used to be a big rivalry. They used to have like, uh, like Section B, like their hooligans who were kind of like, like I remember as a kid going along to Thistle Airdrie games and their Section B guys were giving it like nazi salutes yeah. and all that sort of stuff um we played them in the cup this year actually and it was pretty the atmosphere was pretty good um they had like a donald trump flag saying make your great again all that sort of stuff so <laughs> that we that we elevated still I've there i've seen a bit of that before but, I... yeah um, and clyde as well um they, they hate us more than we hate them they're right. like the thistle to our old Windsor Celtic. you know what i mean like um so that's probably i probably them depending on yeah where they are in the league and all that kind of thing uh-huh Aye, absolutely. And what, what's the, what's sort of the makeup of yourself sort of wanting to be in the activism and, and stuff like that? Like where does that come from, the motivation for that? Um, so my my background's in campaigning, so I work for an anti-poverty charity, so that's what right. I do. Um, so I do like policy, work in policy and campaigns for, um, for an anti-poverty charity, so that's yep. kind of my background anyway. Um, and I've always worked in the charity sector doing um, like policy campaigns, lobbying and stuff, so um this i suppose is a way of marrying that with thistle um, and similarly the other people involved as well in jags for good um all have i guess kind of related backgrounds in, in whatever ways whether it's campaigning or third sector or, or whatever um 
but yeah i'll have a love for this as well so kind of uh-huh. saw the value in doing this and what made you get into campaigning in the first place like what's the uh i don't i guess i grew up in a kind of uh, I guess politically minded environment. Well, I suppose. Well, Anna, and it sounds as though they're quite a politically minded family with the yeah. things. Yeah, well, like um, I think I've told for this recently, but like my generally my earliest memory this is before Anna was born. Mm-hmm. My earliest memory is when I was about three, and uh, it was Guy Fox night, and my dad had a bonfire at the back garden and burnt Maggie Thatcher. So, like, <laughs> if that's your earliest memory, do you know what I mean? You, you, you don't have much chance in terms of being political or not. You're kind of, um, it's kind of going to happen. So, um. Yeah, just got into like studied politics, uni and all that. So right. I was pretty political and got into um, the sort of job that I do through that, really. Mm-hmm. Um, I just did a check there, by the way. She still did, so it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> I know. That's literally the only. The, the, no, I'm not even going to go there. Because, uh, <laughs> no, because if I, I say stuff and then tell you to cut it out and you don't cut it out, so we'll move <laughs> on. <laughs> so who's, who, who, are the, who are the people. Um, that are going to get these season tickets like what and and if there's people how do they how do they even go about like yeah if somebody wanted to get in, to try and get one so um the charity we've been i guess fundraising for initially our Maryhill integration network so they're based in Maryhill, do loads of work in terms of like bringing communities together but particularly supporting um as i said like refugees asylum seekers and migrants that have been new to to Maryhill or to life in glasgow um and particularly their their men's group um who are mostly guys who are kind of on their own new to glasgow um, and they get together quite regularly to kind of, I guess, support each other and to help each other right. kind of integrate into Glasgow and stuff. So they're getting the first batch of them. Um, so yeah, but we got in touch with with the charity directly and said like, would this be something you're interested in? Because that was the other thing we were kind of like, if we're doing all this fundraising, um, actually folk might be like, why the fuck do I go for hell? And you know, like, why would I actually, <laughs> would no interest <laughs> us? Um, but thankfully they said, yeah, we'd love them. So so yeah, so they're the first group of people. That is something that- honestly would not have even thought about up front and it's probably like an important sort of step in the journey yeah. is like do you actually want to come and yeah. these games <laughs> that's the thing it's like you know for folks that are probably have been through a lot of trauma probably really struggling in the city like do we want to add to the trauma by bringing them onto for hill aye. was my question but um i thought they were into it so um yeah be, just basically just been contacting local charities and saying is this something that the folks you work with would actually be up for uh-huh. i think the, the especially like asylum seekers like i say uh, people that you know maybe came here like looking for you know coming out of war zones and stuff they'll love taking their kids to something you know that's kind of i mean i went to i went to see party thistle when i was a wee boy like we had a season ticket at celtic park maybe what season would this be 95 96 and it just mm. so happened that all the sort of thistle or the majority of the thistle home games were the opposite yeah, of the celtic yeah. home games and somebody chapped the door like canvassing to sell and I think kids were going for free yeah. in the 90s or something like that. And um, it was like, it did kind of, I remember sort of thinking it felt safer yeah. than Celtic Park. Like, yeah, no doubt. Not as big, more of a sort of nicer atmosphere. More space, more, more empty seats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I, see, to be honest, I think it was really busy, if yeah. I remember rightly. Like, I think um, Fissel were in the Premier League yeah, at yeah, the time. That time yeah. And um, it was quite busy when we were going, but it felt like... The way that the Scottish Cup Saturdays did at Celtic Park, where it was, I think what was missing was the pressure to win. Yeah. See, like that sort of nasty atmosphere that happens if Celtic go 1 0 oh. down, or if it's 0 0, it's 65 minutes. And yeah. Guys run about you, you know, like if it's 96, I'm what, like fucking 12, or going fucking this and get that, and you're just yeah. sort of like, whoa, you know, like what the, there was none of that. It yeah. just sort of felt really relaxed. 
felt like a, I hate the, the sort of bit like a family atmosphere yeah really I mean, we, we could we could probably do with a little bit more pressure to win to be honest we could probably do <laughs> a bit of that but it's a different atmosphere like when I go to if you go to like Celtic Park and Ibrox particularly Ibrox to be honest as an away fan there is a actually definitely particularly Ibrox there is a a bit of poison to the atmosphere which is pretty unpleasant um whereas you don't really get that for how um that's not to say I mean, people are extremely passionate yeah. and shout abuse and all the rest of it as you do football. But there was a wee viral video in the last week or so, was there no, that probably proves <laughs> there was a bit of shouting and bowling at the Fizzle Games. Yeah, Richard but Foster. I think that's who it was. Right. Pro that, yeah. I never, um, I, I, what, I, what happened to you? I've no, us. there was like a back and forth with fans or something like that. But right. it was one of the ones I scrolled through and somebody was like, oh, kicking off at the Thistle Game and I, and I never watched it. It was yeah, just like... It's one of our players was getting a bit of abuse at half time and basically tried to come out of the crowd to fight the fan. And got put, I think he's maybe there was a couple of things that were said that probably weren't right. very good. Right. Yeah. Um but uh I it's a it's a different it's a different type of atmosphere for sure. Uh, it's this, less less poison. That was it there because my feed is now spammed up with everything party thistle since we started following it. Sure. Good, <laughs> so good, the good. algorithm has literally seen me looking at Jags for good stuff it's and it's just spammed up my personal feed with like <laughs> party thistle everything so it has. So yeah. That's why that happened. But I, <laughs> I absolutely like I think that we might be potentially seeing something if you look at what's happening with like Russia, the way that they've sort of sanctioned Russian money getting into football, okay. if something like that <laughs> happens, I'm thinking that there might be a more a community or like fan own thing that comes into football in the very near future. Now I know that everybody's been talking oh, about like right. the Premier League bubble busting and actually that's getting rid of all these like psychopaths and dictators that are running football clubs. You mean? Uh huh. Yeah. Uh huh. Is is Partick Fissel fan owned in well, any way? So we're supposed to be, but we're not yet. So do you remember Colin Weir that won yeah. Euro Millions? So he basically bought the club with the intention, the stated intention of uh, passing it on to the fans, and he appointed um, a chairperson who's going to be running the club. Then he died. And the whole idea was that there was supposed to be a process through which the, the club would be given to the fans. Mm-hmm. Um, about a month ago, the club announced that that's not going to happen because they don't basically they don't trust the fans group that have been set up to own, to to, man, to run the club. Um, so it's basically a bit of a, a controversy at the minute around that. So I guess short answer is we should be fan owned, but we're not at the moment because the club have put lots of barriers in place, which is a real shame. Right, this all were perfectly set up to be fan owned. I think mm-hmm. um, even the way that loads of folk have got behind like what we were doing which is not to do with fan ownership at all but folk have got behind it shows that fans can be mobilized fans can respond to you know definitely that kind of thing so um i think fan ownership is definitely for certainly for clubs of thistle size absolutely the way forward mm-hmm. um and it's a shame that that's not happened yet but hopefully hopefully it will yeah it's a lot something answer. i'd love to see a lot more even like you know like membership sort of models that you sometimes see yeah. in places like portugal ahead of like season books where you know you pay a certain amount, so you're instead of paying five hundred quid for your season book, you pay two hundred and fifty pounds for your club membership and two hundred and fifty pounds for your games. But every year you keep that membership, your voting rights increase. So the right. more you stay loyal to the club, the mm-hmm. more impact your voice has when things like this, you know, kinda happen and all the rest of it. But again, yeah. that's miles off I think in terms of Scottish football, but there's loads of models yeah. I would love to see come in because that you know, in the last year for us, like just fans will just like horn on the face and just push to one side yeah. they were like we don't give a fuck what you've got to say and you're just like th- it can't continue on like that i don't yeah. think anywhere and i think when you look at some of the i mean most of the english premiership clubs are now owned by people probably with fairly sketchy business or political backgrounds and I think for that's me, probably being generous yeah <laughs> like, <laughs> for me like you know if you're a man city fan you probably enjoyed the success but also you're you're owned by you know uh, a group of folk who you know 
you know, ethically and morally. Uh, very, very you spoke about this, didn't we? That uh, when Newca- the Newcastle, Newcastle case, over, exactly, when Newcastle, the Newcastle yeah. thing happened, we did an episode. Sometimes we do an episode just me and Mark, we just sit and talk, yeah, yeah, talk about like the last two weeks' recent events. And I was like, I don't know if we would see Celtic fans out climbing lampposts and and in the street celebrating. If what is essentially, you know, religious fundamentalists and dictatorships were buying the club, it just seemed strange to me. Yeah. But I think what we sort of said is that, and I don't know about you, I suppose it's like when the success of that money, mm. what that means to the football club, mm-hmm. it's kind of like your morals go to the window. fans fault think, that somebody wants to buy their club, but at the same time, I yeah. don't have to always put up with it, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, I think football fans are fickle, so you're probably right. Like, probably, you know, City fans that have, you know, spent the last decade winning titles, whatever, um, they, I guess, a lot of them probably don't really care who their owners are, as long as you know the titles are are coming and they're mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. being united or whatever. Um, I would hope that I don't certainly Thistle. If you know Saudi Arabia wanted to buy Thistle, I would hope there'd be a, a pushback. Or maybe they wouldn't. I don't know. Um, but I think there's like loads of really good models across, um, like in Scotland, like mm-hmm. Motherwell and Hearts are both fan owned now. Yeah. Um, both successful clubs, even like Germany, like you know the biggest clubs there, they've got that. Is it fifty percent rule? So the yep. an individual can't own more than fifty percent of a club. Fifty-one, I yeah, fifty-one. Um, there's like and then your German clubs are hugely successful in Europe. So yep. um, there's like good models there. Um, and you don't have to be yeah owned by Saudi Arabia or whoever to to actually be successful. Uh-huh. Have a club that you can be proud of. Thank for that model that you're talking about in Germany to get mm. implemented. It meant. Like a decade of recession in their football yeah, yeah and i think that there's a lot especially in england maybe not here mm-hmm. but especially in england i think they, they would be bang against that you know like their national I'm team sure, yeah. and their club's european performances to go back to then go forward yeah but that tends to be how change happens isn't it you need to take that wee step yeah, back so yeah. that you can sort of move forward with i it. suppose it probably depends upon like that that kind of massive like systemic change in football ownership in england for example would probably have to be driven by i guess the government and I presume that the government that we have at the moment at UK level probably isn't that into like, mm-hmm. you know, the democratization of the ownership of multi-million pound companies, I would oh. imagine. So, mm-hmm. But we're seeing some really weird things like, you know, Liverpool's, be- Anfield's became a tourist attraction. Mm. Like Liverpool were at, for me, in England, one of the clubs and that sort of maybe top half of the English Premier League that have still retained that credibility as far as like the community element and their yeah. support and, you know, like the passion, but you, you know, fucking people on their phones and yeah. take, guys getting selfies with like Man United players and you're like... Or the stuff with the wee kids with the signs at the end of the game, like can I have, can your, have your shot? That sort of stuff. Right. Mm. Get a life. Uh-huh, but yeah. it's, it's becoming... But that I think that's got to do with the price. Yeah. I don't think that's got to do with, you know, much else other than who it's can good. afford to go to the football. I'm sure if working class... Some, I mean, even with some of the prices that you see, they're eye-watering. Middle-class people in England, mm. like, can they afford to go and see their local club? Well, I, so I, li- I lived in London for um, four or five years, and I used to just try and get to go to different games. Um, but I basically, I wanted to go to a West Ham game because they were the kind of like, mm-hmm. you know, East End club, all the rest of it. But this was like five years ago, ticket prices for West Ham were like, you know, 60, 70 pounds. And yep. you think that's a club that you would historically have had a very working-class um, supporter base and you get the charge and you get 60, 70 probably upwards of that um, for a ticket. Who was it? Al, what was that like, you know, the guy on the TV with the fucking, the wee, the chemical alley. No, like the wee, the wee, um, handkerchief on his head alf ramsey he was like the stereotypical west ham fan <laughs> wasn't he? like yeah. back in the day like um now you know we're looking at 
you know, what we're saying, like aye. probably like sort of Spice Boys, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Or like that are going and aye, it's. I mean, I, I I was traveling down to England one time in not too distant past and was within sort of shooting distance of quite a few of the like Liverpool, Manchester, mm. and was like, right, Leicester, these types of places. I'll be like, maybe go and see somebody on the Saturday. And happened to look up Man City prices and it was like 96 quid. Yeah. For, and it was like a pure mid-table Premier League game. And you had to spend 20 quid joining their membership club to then be able to buy it and all that kind of yeah. thing. Just like, no. What's the, the plan for the future for yeah. Like, how you... what? If he's got an idea of where it goes for here, because quite a lot of sort of like activism, especially if it's you know fundraising for season tickets, which yeah. has been amazing and went really well, um, it can then you know hit a plateau or yeah. even just disappear into the ether. So, yeah. is there a, a contingency plan for the future? Yes, yeah, so I think definitely for next year we want to um, try and replicate. So, a couple of home games ago, we did a food bank donation drive for Glasgow North West Food Bank. Yeah. We definitely want to try and replicate that. Maybe not every home game, but certainly maybe monthly. Um, how successful was the food bank drive it was brilliant yeah so we had like half a ton of food donated and um wow. well over a grand in, in cash as well so it was but people were really yeah really really good and the food bank were like, and is that just like the predominant or the, the sort of biggest food bank in the area was there like yeah the yes, yeah Gla- glasgow northwest are um so they've got like different um they have like different food banks around northwest of glasgow yeah um so they're part of the trussell trust um but we'd like to replicate that through like the whole next season because mm-hmm. realistically the kind of hardship that folk experience at the minute are only, it's only going it's to increase. ongoing yeah exactly absolutely. announcements um, for the bank england last week looks like it might even get worse yeah you know, like inflation getting and uh getting into recession and yeah stuff. and it's a pretty sad state of affairs when football fans have to step up to respond to those kind of issues um, this, is it, but, this is like an ongoing thing that we always say and it's hard to to say that to people when you're celebrating the success that clearly like yourself and, and the organization that you're you, you know you are having to go but is this why is this required well, exactly like, i mean it's the same I with, with food really banks in general that question but what's that sorry i says it's, i think it's really important that he's asked that question while yeah. you're doing this type yeah, of thing totally and but it's the same with like the existence of food banks in general so like food banks are great in the sense that the people that are involved in them are compassionate and they're coming together mm-hmm. voluntarily to support others in their community to you know to keep their heads above water to put food in their, their neighbors tables yeah. essentially that's a great thing but the fact that they have to exist is an absolute moral disgrace yeah. and it's a like damn an indictment of pretty much the last 10 years of um political decisions that have been made so Aye. um and then some and then yeah you had on the fact that you know you know, football fans just shouldn't have to come together in this way but we're seeing it happen all over the uk so you're talking about liverpool earlier like um liverpool and everton fans a couple of years ago came together to set up this things called um, fan support and food banks and basically it was um they basically have a uh, food bank donation drives every liverpool and everton home match it started off just a couple of guys uh, <coughs> ian burn and dave kelly ian burns now labor mp um, they set it up just in response to the kind of hardship they were seeing in their community yeah um but it's grown and they're now i think they now provide like a quarter of all food bank donations in liverpool something like that um and on the one hand it's amazing that they've done this and that that the fans are so generous and that they can kind of get behind it and show that solidarity but on the other hand like why the hell do football fans have to um respond in that way you know it's a a failure of of government and politicians i mean i've seen something somewhere the other day saying that the top 10 poorest places in europe nine of them are in the uk yeah and they're all in the north england 
I think one's in Wales, but the rest of it's all in the sort of North North England, which, you know, as, as a Scottish person, it's nice to see that we're not getting mentioned in that because that's the type of conversation that would normally be like littered with mm-hmm. places in Scotland. Seems to have shifted a wee bit and, and we are, we are becoming... Um, I don't know how they were measuring it. I really don't know, but it was just like a map and yeah. it was showing you the, the top 10 richest places in Europe and the top 10 uh, most impoverished and nine of them were in the UK, but the... The, the number one richest place in Europe is London. Yeah. So we've got the richest place in Europe, everything all concentrated to this one place, and then mm. everything else is yeah. you know, impoverished. And, and I guess the kind of the kind of northern English towns you were talking about um has been, you know, the poorest are probably also um parts of the world with like big football fan bases, big football clubs. Yeah. Mm. And again to me that again highlights the the kind of responsibility that clubs have to kind of respond to issues happening in their mm-hmm. communities. Like a lot of people talk about how like you know you should never bring politics into to football or to sport yeah which is just if you're saying that then you're either not affected by politics because you're too comfortable or you just disagree with the politics and you're quite happy with the kind of levels of hardship that that exist you know, yeah. you know? so yeah um like a Tory Celtic fan sitting there well, saying that stop bringing the politics, stop bringing politics in well yeah yeah it's just you don't agree with the politics or you know it means nothing to your life go and support rangers yeah <laughs> <laughs> um what, what point am I trying to make? It's Basically, ridiculous, think, but politics and, and football almost have like that similar level of, <clears> or <throat> inspire that similar level of passion in people. You know what mm. I mean? Like the fact that when they get mixed, you know, things actually happen that, you know, shouldn't they need to, but yeah. can or, you know, of massive benefit to it. I mean, I think when you look at that sort of Liverpool, sort of Greater Manchester, like Lancashire yeah. area, like the concentration of like football clubs like in those areas is insane. And I think we obviously have a very similar thing in Glasgow where even just today we've, we've talked Celtic Rangers Thistle we've you know talked you know guys like St Rocks and, and at all the various other levels but all very much within that sort of Glasgow area so yeah. you know if we can talk about this big scale having an impact we can still scale it down to be you know a very sort of successful thing in Glasgow what have you just got any you just said you were talking to other fan groups other organizations and stuff like that is there anything like solid in the pipelines that you can talk about or anything it doesn't work with other yeah other groups um not currently so i think we're trying to i guess work that out so mm-hmm. um as i say like there's been a few folk, quite early doors to be fair a few folk have got in touch as i said um who are wanting like scottish football fans from other clubs who are wanting to kind of mm-hmm. try and replicate um what we're doing and what others are doing mm-hmm. um, and there's already quite an established network of fans groups in england that are doing similar things as well so at liverpool that i mentioned but also at like man city man united southampton west ham uh, south end as well so there's loads of different fans groups that are doing similar things mm-hmm. and that kind of see the need for clubs clubs to respond to the kind of hardship that's happening in their communities but also fans to kind of need those responses as well yeah um and that kind of you have those kind of shared values around around football and i suppose politics as well mm-hmm. so yeah there are lots of folk doing this kind of thing across the uk so um, I'm sure we'll try. We'll all be trying to work with them as you know closely as we can do. So to- one thing that's interesting, we've touched on it a few times, is like the politics of, and like you know you were saying that you're in quite very distinct like iconography on like the Twitter mm. and kind of you know inverting them with the thistle colours and all these other types of things. Like there was some pretty like explicit like anti-fascist like iconography used. Um, like when you're talking about the you know that like-mindedness, is there like an overt sort of political stance that you know jags for good are taking on certain things or is it just that he's want to do what he's can for the community and see where he's go for there um i suppose probably more the the latter but i mean 
like I wouldn't see so yeah we've got we put a graphic out it was like no fascist no racist no bigots just jags yeah and to me that's like hardly even political that's just if you're a normal person then you hate fascists you know? mm-hmm. it's just it's just to be expected um but I think yeah I, I suppose that it's more about values and um being quite clear that as a fan base this will fans stand for something a bit different yeah I would hope um and uh I, that's more about saying that so I wouldn't say we've got like a political stance but right. also <clears throat> Um, yeah, you can't separate football and politics. So yeah. um, I guess everything's inherently political, I suppose, as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think it's important for us to say those kind of things um, as well as the daft graphics like yeah. Ian McCall or Che Guevara. Well, they looked more like a kind of middle-aged woman, but um, <laughs> no. I mean, I think he's getting... Uh, somebody, I'm assuming somebody for the campaign was meeting them on the, the Twitter feed, so I couldn't have taken them. We, we bumped into them in the pub. Oh, right, That's okay. all that was. So, <laughs> so it wasn't was like an official club, right? No, we were, in the pub, we were in the pub after the game against the Fermlin uh, when we'd done the food bank donation drive. A few was having having a few pints, and he walked in. So that's, he didn't actually buy that t shirt either, which is a, <laughs> a disgrace. But um, yeah, we got, a, we got a wee snap. That's a gaffer straight under the bus. I know, I know. <laughs> um, but yeah, we got a wee snap of him with the. John Lambert right, I just so. assumed it was like an official thing. So he's, he's, he's cool, but you know, uh, he's, I would, mate. Somebody turned me into Shea Guevara and put it in a t-shirt. I'd be buzzing, mate. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely know, buzzing. No, so, good. what else have you got planned? Is there anything else that's coming up? Yeah, so we're hoping to organise a, a football tournament. So, um, like Maryhill Integration Network, that um, who were predominantly been fundraising for the season tickets for, um, they're wanting to set up um, their own football team. So, we're trying to sort of help i guess help them with that yeah. by arranging a big football tournament we've been offered free free facilities for that free pitches and um, which is class um and there's like various things we're trying to build around that as well like hopefully getting some of the thistle players to run yeah. training sessions for the teams in advance that kind of thing um so hopefully getting like teams from different and um, predominantly like refugee organizations across glasgow mm-hmm. involved right. in that tournament which would be cool amazing um, no there's one up at well a yearly one that another sort of group of ultras organise up at Royston Roadway that's yeah. predominantly about um, migrant communities coming in playing like fives and sevens and stuff yeah. which mm. I tend to go along to when I remember that it's on. Yeah, I actually, so I, when I lived in London, I, I supported a team called Dulwich Hamlet who, um, <clears throat> are based, they're my local team based in South East London and uh, their fans do lots of stuff similar to this really, to be honest, right. kind of rip them off a little bit um, but lots of stuff like showing solidarity with, with refugees and like, food bank stuff and all mm-hmm. that and as part of that I went and played in a I think it was sevens tournament in northern France um, with their supporters trust team and it was basically it was just like fans football tournaments so teams from across Europe came um, and the idea was to show solidarity with guys living in a refugee camp in Dunkirk in France mm-hmm. so if you remember the camp in Cali that was yeah, like the, yeah. all over the, the papers at the uh-huh. time um, there was another camp in Dunkirk just along the coast yeah um, there was this tournament called the Liberté Cup um, and basically the idea was that the guys, a lot of guys from the camp would come and play and like fans from over Europe would come and play um, in this tournament and um, it was absolutely brilliant. Like it was really good because they dispersed everyone through different teams so it wasn't like our team against like, yeah. so everyone was in different teams. Um, it was a really good cool idea actually. It, it was brilliant. It Plus was so used good. to actually like mingle and all that kind yeah. of stuff like. Um, and it was also really good in terms of like humanising people so I think often when it comes to particularly like refugees and um, people either are bigoted and horrible and, and vile towards refugees or at the other end of the spectrum that it's almost like dehumanizing and they're sort of depicted as like perfect angels and like perfect people that you know you almost kind of remove their human element if it's like they're yeah uh, mm-hmm. it was really good in the football pitch because it showed that everybody could be an absolute prick when you're paying sevens <laughs> like some of the tackles flying in. human yeah all that kind of thing like you know doesn't matter where you're from but if you're like a creepy yeah. bastard they won't pass you know that kind of thing that dehumanization um, that you're talking about there's 
really prevalent in the sort of right wing media as well because this Rwanda they, 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 no, but they try and use the fact that there's like bad people amongst refugees as like a sort of way of discrediting the refugee, you know, taking people in. It's like, and I think it sounds like there's a fair sort of demographic crossover between some of the guys you were talking about who were coming into the country mm. on their own and you know, participating in these sort of men's groups that you're talking about. It sounds from what we've heard about these types of Rwanda style plans for the UK government is that those are like the demographic that the government is actively going to target. So mm. having these initiatives that actually integrate, not just introduce, mm -hmm. but integrate people to the community yeah. um, are absolutely vital. I think. Uh -huh. Yeah, I mean, I think I think the way that um, like the sort of narrative around refugee and asylum issues is in this country, um, which is fueled by the UK government and fueled by the right media, is one of the like biggest stains on our society. Like, yeah. The Rwanda thing is, it's it's almost like this dystopian nightmare that, that this has actually happened like um yeah or even like you know the the sort of ongoing attempts by the uk government and by the right wing media to stoke up fears about the about folk crossing the channel for example mm -hmm. when it's actually it's a couple of folk a day who are incredibly desperate fleeing war yeah. and trauma and all the rest of it um it's, talking about setting gunboats off on them is it like open public discourse as if that is not the fucking weirdest thing you could ever imagine yeah. somebody saying is like there's four people in a dinghy fighting for their life cool Shoot at them yeah. like fuck you. It's just it's like dangerous. It's shameful. It's um yeah. It's just pretty vile to see. But when it's actual government policy, it's um terrifying. It's terrifying. Yeah. Um. So I think by extension, yeah. Anything, anything, even the smallest way that I think we can do to support people that are here is is really important. Absolutely. I think personally, <clears throat> we we've spoke a lot about male suicide and men's mental health. I think this is the reason why we started the podcast. Yep. Quite a lot of that feels to me like a lack of community and a lack of purpose and mm. no really, like you say, isolation mm -hmm. and no having a way. And then you become, no, no having a way to connect to other human beings and then you become disillusioned and then you start to believe this bullshit that gets fed to you through the media. So I think like for what, what I'm hearing for you, it sounds like, I mean, what did you say? 3,000 people and the, the group? Like, oh, well, I guess Thistle's fan base is around that. Right. Um, on, a, on a good day. Right, um, but so if you're getting people involved in community projects, it's not mm. just the football. You know, going to the football is a good way to, like you're saying, you yeah. leave your stress behind. You go and you chat, you have a pint, you watch your football, you get out your head for a while. But the more that you can then engage with people and get them into stuff like this, yeah, then it's going to improve their well-being, but yeah. also the well-being of the people that you get along to play games of football and and make them realise that actually they're welcome here. You yeah, I've concluded mean? a lot of times that community is the answer to everything because. People they get disillusioned by these big ideas, these big problems, and look at them and think to themselves, "I, I, I can't change that." You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? Like, how, how do I change the UK immigration policy? Like, how do we push the new bill? You can't. So, what can you do? You yeah. know what I mean? Like, and I think whether it be mental health, whether it be you know immigration refuge, whether it be you know just caring marine sort of you know communities and stuff like that. Like that, that sense of community is for me like the answer. You know what I mean? Like, and these are how we do it. Like you go, don't worry about that big issue. Let's take a look at this issue that's happening next door and see if we can fix that first. You yeah, know what I mean, like, I think that's right. And I think the um, yeah, the thing that you were saying about um, so basically Jags for good. I think it's almost it's almost not really about thistle at all. Mm -hmm. It's more just a way of like harnessing the fact that there's like two, two and a half, three thousand folk that have this shared sense of identity. Yep. Harnessing that and trying to, I suppose, channel it towards good things in whatever mm -hmm. way we can or, or whatever sort of small scale we can um and even like thinking about the work of lots of 
clubs like charitable trusts across scotland like thistle charitable trust for example does loads of stuff um like with folk who experience mental health issues with like refugees yeah. um with lots of kids from like low-income backgrounds um and it's like it's ostensibly about thistle about football but it's also not really at all it's mm -hmm. more about providing support that folk need but through the vehicle of football so to me that's a really powerful thing yeah um, and really important thing mm -hmm. sure. i think it's important as well for people to know that they don't need to be a Partick Fussell fan or a football fan just in general no i don't want pain i'd advise against it to be honest <laughs> you don't, sorry you don't it was just hanging life, there yeah. i had to swing at it uh, but it, they don't need to be that to get involved like you're saying nah. it's something that's actually like that you're using the vehicle of football to bring people in and get notoriety but actually the work that you're doing is kind of like universally we, good you know we actually I mean? had so the the family game a few weeks ago this the family game a few weeks ago and we did our feedback donation drive um like i'd been on off the ball like that lunchtime like promoting what we were doing and promoting the football donation drive and we had a couple of folk who weren't football fans weren't thistle fans but had had video scotland on in the car who like went they were in the car drove to tesco bought a couple of bags of shopping and dropped off at ours at the at, outside the, at the amazing at the donation point um just because they heard about it and not interested in the thistle not interested in football but i just heard me talking nonsense <clears> and <throat> off the ball um so just wanted yeah. to help and so i saw what we're trying to do so that kind of thing was really cool um so yeah you're absolutely right you don't have to be a thistle fan don't have to be a football fan but if you can see the value and mm -hmm. showing solidarity with folk then then give so us some money support us if we were if, well, I'm, we're also getting towards sort of wrapping up time but like if we were sitting at home you know when this goes out in the next week or two and you know we're at a you know scottish team or junior team and amateur whatever it is and hank themselves do you know what I fancy some of that. What kind of like headline sort of steps would you say to somebody to get like the ball rolling on this? If they want to sort of do a similar uh, thing. Do something at their own local club or whatever. Yeah, just engage with, um, I guess identify what, whether there's a need, whether, um, there's, uh, so for example, you know, we were like, we had this idea for raising money for season tickets, but then we thought like people actually want this for season tickets, mm. engage with um, local charities to find out what whether they've actually been interested in it. Um, I just can't take it. No, just do it. Like this, Jags for Kids been really good so far because we've just asked people to do stuff and they've done it. Like we've asked the club to match every penny we we raised. They've done it. We got in touch with one of the players and said, like, can the team give us a donation? They did it. We asked a journalist to try and cover that story. She did it. Like, just ask people to do things, and if the inherent idea behind what you're doing is is good, then folk will do it. Um, I don't know if that's a bit idealistic but it's true like to basically every, every everybody we've asked to do something has just said yeah so like i get what you mean like yeah. we had a very similar thing as we started this and you were like going maybe we can get this one into talk because as we say we talk about issues and what i like you know share people's ideas and stuff like that and the amount of times i think we were like six months in but i was like we've not had anybody say not yet like, yeah that's kind of weird right and you know what i mean like it was literally just a case of saying folk you want to come in and like promote something that you're doing that's good for you ah, cool you yeah I mean? so i think there's a lot of good people out there who literally just want to help and i think yeah. that goes i think that passes us by a lot yeah so even you know like I, mean? um, I mentioned earlier on where we're trying to organize this football tournament and we approached um the venue we're hopefully hosting that and and said like we want to do this like could you give us a discount and they were like just have it for free like for the day um or even like we've got t-shirts made and the the guy that's making the t-shirts just a little like guy on his own his mm -hmm. own business he's given us a massive discount on them just because he yep. saw what we're trying to do so yeah it's been quite reassuring in that way that people are actually most people are quite decent um, but i think that so if folk are wanting to do a similar thing i would say yeah 
make a list of people that you can ask to do stuff and just ask them to do it. Just get in their face and see how it works. Exactly, yeah. Mm -hmm. And also put out stupid graphics about defunding the old firm. The stupid graphics have definitely been one of my highlights. I've enjoyed them immensely. Uh, And we'll continue to. You've got to try and go viral. (laughs) Somehow. somehow. After last week's episode, we should get them minted into NFTs. Get them out there and raise some money. Aye. <laughs> the, the great thistle pump and dump. You know what I mean? Aye. Aye. Use, aye, you scam people using party, uh, party thistle NFTs. So, a great idea. just missed it on the, well, the playoffs at Inverness at yeah. just the weekend there. Um, how's how's the season went? So, I think it's been, it's been all right. I mean, we're a newly promoted club. Obviously, we got uh, unjustly relegated when the season got called in 2020 because okay. uh, of COVID. That was a, an injustice. Um, won the league last year, which was good. So, I mean, we're a newly promoted team, so getting in the playoffs was, um, I think, a good achievement. Mm-hmm. Um, we weren't good enough to go up, so that was expected. But next year, pretty confident. We've got a good, good side. A few good signings, I'm sure, in the summer. Ian McCaw's good manager. He is. So, he's been um, there a couple of times, hasn't he? This is a second spell. Second so, spell. Yeah. Um, and he, he loves the club. Like, Long term. Th- Lambie was, what, two or three stints as well, wasn't Lambie he? Lambie was, I think, three plus a caretaker spell. Right. Um, so I but no, yeah, he's, he's a good manager. So I'm confident next year. Something about the club keeps bringing these types of guys back. So best of luck to them for it in yeah, that respect. Absolutely. I'd like to see Thistle get up there again. I, I remember like getting into football and there was the, the, the three years, you know, there. Um, I had a weird habit of like, Going to Thistle games for some reason around about New Year. I remember one we went to get free tickets and it was we were hungover. It was brutal. And there was another one I remember sitting under like a hole in the roof at Celtic Park where I was just sat in my own <laughs> with this rain just dripping on me all the way through the game. I think we drew both their games, so we always get a tough fight. Um, I usually start my football manager saves on Thistle as well because you don't want to go Celtic. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so I do have a soft spot. I've got a soft spot for them as well. Like I said, that that's the classic. That's the classic thing that. Yes. So can we just fancy say though, a soft spot. That's the classic Glasgow tax driver thing as well. Is it? I've got a soft spot. Got a soft spot. We'll come to games then. Yeah, I'll, I'm going to email you my football manager so that you can see it. <laughs> <laughs> but that's it, isn't it? It's like go to the games then. If you, you know what I mean. If you, you can't afford to go to yeah. Celtic Park or Ibrox. I mean, there's season ticket. But the last season tickets we bought for Parkhead were nearly six hundred and fifty quid. So they've got to be seven hundred, seven hundred and fifty pound. It's usually yeah. a fifty pound uplift. I think they froze it for COVID for maybe two years. So you're probably talking about seven hundred quid for a season yeah. ticket. If you can't afford to support Celtic, you should just go. Yeah. Like as as like as a wee boy, I love just going to the football. Mm. Like just walking into a stadium and seeing the grass and just yeah. you were like, Whoa, like this is class. Yeah. So it's just, and if it's affordable. It's a nice I'm pretty sure I've seen some like Scotland under stuff there over the years. I don't think I ever went away with Celtic. Um, I don't think that overlapped when yeah. I was gone. But I'm pretty sure I've seen some Scot- like Scotland under 21s or something. Like yeah, that. we've had a few of them over the years. Over the years, yeah. like, that were pretty decent. So mm-hmm. it's nice we stayed in. Well, thanks very much, mate. No, it's thanks very much. It's been a really, really good conversation Aye. about like what seems to be like a really good cause and you are doing really well. Aye. We have <clears> done so far. I'm looking forward to hearing the keep an eye out and seeing what he's doing in the future right. so when we can promote or push you just let us know man brilliant thank you absolutely right. cheers